Nikki Griss, I was talking to Malcolm Wilson earlier, and we were having a little chat about uh, the life and times, and particularly Safari Rally. 2002 was the last time you guys competed. You and uh, obviously a colleague competed on the event. 19 years since the event's been back in the World Rally Championship. But I guess uh, the two victories you had, 1999 and 2002, were very special. And of course, the Ford Focus that uh, you won the event uh, on or in or whatever, uh, that car is still very much uh, a feature at the Davenby Hall headquarters for M Sport. It certainly is. Um, you know, it was the very first WRC win for the Focus, and it came completely out of the blue. But we knew before we went to um, Kenya, we knew the car was built extremely strong, almost too strong, to be honest. But, you know, it it was a car that could potentially win. But the car was so new and we'd done so little mileage in it. But little did we know that we actually got through the event with next to no problems. But, you know, it was uh, something that came out of the blue. But just to to mention there was also 1997 as well we won um, with Colin but that was in a, a different make of car in Subaru absolutely right um, I suppose also I mean from from where we were back in 2002 to where we are today with the rally starting obviously next week um, very different event in every sense of the word to what it was when you did it were in 2002 oh most definitely and and I think that you know what they do in a day now in terms of of stage mileage was probably only equal to one section back in the earlier days you know so really three days of rallying equates to probably perhaps not even a day's rallying back in the day and there was five days of it so you know it is a very much slimmed down affair and it's basically um you know, going to be more or less a European stage event held in Africa on closed roads. And, of course, back in those days, we had a spotter helicopter flying with us because the roads were open to anybody and anything. And, you know, we had to drive around it accordingly. But that was the whole nature of safari back then. And, you know, the event this year is going to be something completely different. Because I've been thinking about, I suppose, you, you had animals loose in and around the areas where you were rallying. So, I mean, you had to look out for the prospect of possibly some animal running out in front of you while you're on the stages. Yes, yeah. And, and that was a challenge. That was a challenge. And it was a challenge for the helicopter spotters, too, because... You know, although some of these animals are quite big, you know, with all their colorings and stuff, they blend into the scenery so well. Even that something as awkward as a giraffe is very difficult to spot at times. So, but where the rally is based and held, it's on a private um, Elementiter estate and a few other areas dedicated for the rally. It's all fenced off, but there will be a few animals on the plane. Um, probably some zebra and some, some antelopes of some kind, but there won't be the complete nature of herds of elephants and wildebeest and giraffes, hyenas and everything else that we came across in the past. So I was going to say, you can't write those in your pace notes, can you really? <laughs> no, not really. You just have to deal with that.
when you when you came across it i mean half the time it was the excitement of seeing all these animals you know because we were normally you see them in a zoo but we were the people that were actually in a cage and that was behind a roll cage so you know it was it was exciting rallying back then but i just got a feeling that you know it's it's going to be an interesting event i i i, I think the surfaces are are going to are man-made somewhat and and i think there will be certain sections which will be cutting up quite badly, leaving big rocks in the road and stuff. I, I, I think there's going to be dramas. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that it's something that could uh, necessarily they could drive around. I mean, there were a certain amount of dramas on the events that you did. But, of course, um, the one big drama that did happen, it was a rugby tackle involving Colin McRae and uh, a certain Thomas Radstrom, which caused a few problems and, uh, in fact, called up Petter Solberg to fill the gap. Is that right? Um, I couldn't possibly comment about that. <laughs> but as, as Malcolm told you the story... Well, no, I did. I did mention the fact that Fred Gallagher apparently told him some years later what actually happened. Or, uh, in fact, there was some talk about there being some paint and Thomas had slid. But I gather that Fred had actually told Malcolm the true story several years later. So he doesn't know what actually happened at the end of the day. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, it was um, a stupid, crazy moment. That's that's what caused it. But. You know, uh, while it was Thomas Radstrom's downfall, you know, and he paid the price by not doing the event, it actually sparked Petter Solberg's career. And, you know, from that point on, Petter became a part of the establishment and, and went on to be world champion. So, you know, Colin McRae is, uh, and, and Thomas Radstrom, you know, really uh, helped Petter Solberg get where he is today. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure that Petter appreciates. Of course, young Oliver is making his mark as a 17-year-old, which is quite incredible, isn't it? It is, yes. I mean, he's obviously got a lot of talent. And, you know, through his dad and everything else and the opportunities, you know, and I think that, you know, any star youngster that comes along now needs the backup and needs the money to really help them get on in the sport because it costs such a lot of money patrick absolutely but of course we're talking about a lot of young guys we talk about cali calarovan pera we're talking obviously about petter we're talking about you know drivers young drivers sons of these drivers but they're starting very young and, and i've got a lot of talent at a very young teenage age haven't they as well they have indeed, and you know, coming with at that age, they lack a bit of experience. But with the benefit of social media, you know, online video footage, they learn such a lot nowadays that just wasn't available in the years gone by. And the only experience you got was getting out there, doing it yourself, and learning by your mistakes. You know, nowadays you can take a lot of shortcuts to actually give you a, a certain element of experience. But when it really comes down to it, I think when it gets down to that last five, ten or even five percent, you know, it's all about personal experiences, having the confidence and the commitment. And, uh, you know, I think that Oliver Solberg will certainly come through uh, the ranks quite quickly when he gets this experience, his own experiences, as we're seeing with Cali Rovampera as he's now entering these events for the second time and he's, his speed has improved dramatically. If I said you won a stage by three and a half minutes against all expectations, 
you probably would remember the particular stage I'm talking about where I think uh, one Colin McRae took a, an ablution break. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that, that's, that's the road to hell. That, we, we, we named that particular section. And, it, you know, it's funny enough, it's in the exact same area where they're rallying now. We, we passed um, the area, the stages and the private estate that the, that the um, safari rally uh, in the next uh, week or so will, will take place. So, you know, it, it was first section of the morning, second day. We'd had a reasonable first day, and we we went to Naivasha to the service area, having left to Nairobi at five in the morning, and and we basically our fitness trainer was there. Right, guys, hydrate. It's a long day, and it was the longest day of the rally, and the first section that morning, which started just about daybreak, was the road to hell, and I think it was 153 kilometres long. <laughs> So there, that one section there was longer than the whole of one day of safari. And, um, you know, we we started off on a really bad, rough road. We turned onto an old railway line, which was completely destroyed and absolutely hell. You know, if we averaged 30 mile an hour, that was about it over the next 40 kilometers. Then we turned onto this wide, lovely wide gravel road for a few kilometers coming up to Elementite Crossroads. And Colin turned to me, he said, listen, he said, I can't hold it anymore. He said, I've got to have a pee. I said, listen, forget it. I said, just loosen your, your seatbelts and loosen your trousers and relieve the pressure and you'll be fine. So anyway, he did that and it seemed to shut him up for a while. We turned left at Element Crossroads, about a 30 kilometer climb up this hill, which was a little bit rutted. And at the top of the hill, it T-junctioned onto a tarmac road for about six kilometers. Anyway, he sort of came out of this junction in third, fourth, fifth, sixth gear. He said, take the wheel. I said, you what? He said, take the wheel, he said. I can't hold it anymore. So what he's now done is taken off his seatbelt. He's positioned himself jammed against the throttle with his right foot because all the corners were long, flat corners. And he's trying to open the door and taking his trousers down to have a pee. So, you know, there was all these people walking by the side of the road, dogs, goats, people on push bikes, people walking, spot a helicopter flying above us, completely oblivious to the fact that the passenger was steering with his left hand with the, with the driver trying to have a pee. Well, you could imagine, you know, the whole foot, well, in the end, the door, you know, he couldn't open the door at 100 miles an hour. So he was just peeing on the floor. Well, 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 you know, he managed to, you know, stop peeing just before the bad potholes as we went back onto the gravel in this village. He collected the car and, and yeah, we, we got through the stage and we got to the end and we were fastest by three and a half minutes, which more or less set us on the road to winning the safari rally for the very first time in 1997. Amazing, absolutely amazing. But no, I mean, uh, it, it just, just, just a fascinating story. I think it's lovely, wonderful stuff. Um, let's talk more about uh, home event, of course. Uh, Nikki Gris stages rally coming up very soon, and uh, by all accounts, you've got a big entry. Well, people obviously are champing at the bit to get out there and compete. I mean, we we, we didn't have the thumbs up. Um, at the time, we opened the entries, but we had no option. We, we, 
we we had to try and press ahead. We couldn't wait for for the thumbs up. So we were ready with root. We we had the basics all in place, and we opened up the entries at six o'clock in the evening for championship competitors only, of which we had 150 in the first 15 minutes. Um, and we had something like just over 200 in the first 30 minutes. Amazing. So, and, and those were from championship sort of competitors. So, unfortunately, you know, we were full within 30 minutes of the entry opening. So, it's phenomenal. But, um, you know, we had the thumbs up from the Welsh Assembly government. We were allowed to run. That was a that was a, an absolute benefit. And... Um, for everybody concerned. And then, uh, unfortunately, the MOD uh, said to us on uh, last Monday, actually, that because of the excessive training they've got going on, they didn't want spectators on the ranges. And I'm afraid that, you know, we've authorized your route. You're free to use the route that you've put forward, but we can't have spectators. So I feel sorry for the spectators, it of a downer, Patrick, but... You know, at the end of the day, we've we've paid some money to a, a TV company who are going to be showing some stages live. So, and you, of course, you've got great online results, so people can follow the event at least, even if they can't get sunburnt on a sunny July Saturday afternoon on on the army ranges. But but you know, we just ask people to stay away because the future of Epin does rely on us keeping spectators off the ranges and I, I, I've noticed there's a few people that have you know uh, are saying all manner of things on online but you know I for one will just wave the crews off on Saturday morning and then I'm going home to watch it from home so I'm not uh, I, I'm not hanging around for the weekend to, to cause any issues. Absolutely. But I mean all in all I mean we're, we're, we are progressing forward that just we want to get really a bit further forward, basically, as far as uh, the pandemic's concerned and obviously the situation in the UK. But in the meantime, obviously, best wishes for the rally. And uh, stories about you and Colin in the Ford Focus and uh, obviously over the years that you've done Safari Rally. I mean, they're, they're magical. But uh, from your point of view as a co-driver, I guess uh, sitting alongside Colin um, must have been, in terms of your career, a very special period in your career together, I would have thought. Yes, oh, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there's no doubt he was an extremely exciting driver. Quite unpredictable, you know. You didn't know what was going to happen or when. But, you know, there was never a dull moment with Colin. I mean, a fabulous driver with tremendous commitment and what have you. Um, but, uh, you know, I've also been very lucky to sit with one of the world's best in Cancun and a very solid, reliable, calculating driver who won four world championships. So, you know, um, I've had a, a wonderful career. And, you know, while the sport is changing, like the world is changing, you know, I wish all the young competitors coming up through the ranks, um, you know, the best of luck. Um, you know, it's uh, motorsport's a wonderful place to have a career in. And uh, rallying, certainly for me, was was number one. And, you know, I wish them all well and, and wish them all well on Safari Rally too. Vicky, lovely to talk to you. It's uh, always a pleasure and it's nice to catch up. It's been a while. I hope that we'll maybe keep in touch now. But uh, thanks for your time more than anything else. How How is uh, your dear lady wife? Is she well? She is well. She's um, she's staying out of trouble. Um, we're, we're both now double jabbed. 
So we're just waiting for those to kick in in their entirety two weeks after. And then um, I think we may go out and stretch our legs a little bit and catch up with friends, which we've dearly missed in, in the flesh, at least. Mm. Um, we've seen them and spoken to them. But, you know, it's it's a funny old world, Patrick. You know, our, our world has changed so much. And, you know, I, I, I think we, we all just have to be patient mm. until the scientists can get us out of this trouble. Absolutely. And... Um well, I mean, that's that's obviously the major the major concern at the moment. 